Hello, hello. Welcome back, Leading Woman in Tech. It's Tony here, your leadership career bestie. How are you doing? It's officially spring. I am recording this on a beautifully sunny day. I'm like, oh my goodness me. The birds are singing. I'm like, oh, winter is finally gone. I know it's going to come back. I live in Scotland, right? <laughs> the winter is going to come back. We don't just get rid of winter that quickly. We definitely can have four seasons in one day up here. Um, but definitely spring is in the air and I hope you're feeling that way too, which actually is kind of fitting because I was outlining what I wanted to talk about today in this episode. I I was like, I want to spring in my step here. Um, when I talk about leadership, as you probably know, I'm super passionate about it and I get a spring in my step. And I'm also super passionate, as you likely also know, about women landing leadership careers that they love, that they thrive on, that they're excited to get up for on a Monday morning. Helping one of my clients land their dream job is so good to me. Like, it's not the thing I really love doing. Like, helping somebody prep their resume is, I do it, and I've got lots of training out there on it. It's not the thing I am super excited to do, I will be honest. But watching them land that role, watching them in their first week in that role, what I really love doing is the leadership coaching, particularly around transitions that first month. And actually, your transitioning starts in your job hunt. So it's really worth being involved with them during the job hunt in order to really help them coach in that first 90 days, help somebody really elevate and thrive in your first 90 days, and then move on beyond that to really succeeding as a leader and elevating your leadership beyond the first 90 days. So it's, you know, it's part of what I do. But oh my goodness me, that sign of just newness and excitement goes hand in hand with a feeling of spring, right? Which brings me perfectly, as I said, to what I'm talking about today. We're talking about the relationship between the very important leadership attributes that you need to succeed as a great leader in the workplace, actually in your entire life. I have to say that as I've worked on my leadership, because I'm still working on my leadership, by the way, I'm a CEO, I have a team, I have to work on my leadership too. It's not a static thing. I'm not a leadership expert, done, dusted, never think about it again other than to help other people. <laughs> I'm constantly working on this stuff myself because if you don't focus on it, you go backwards. And I think that's something we all need to think about more. Uh, if we aren't focusing on growth and development in an area, you're likely to be contracting. So I'm always working on this stuff myself. And there is this beautiful synergy between what makes great leadership attributes and what makes you a great job hunter. And that's what I want to dig into today a little bit. But before we do that, a little bit of housekeeping. This week, we have just started, it's not too late, all we've done really is the welcome at this point. We have just started the first ever Leading Women in Tech four-week bootcamp. This is a free event inside my Slack space, inside the Leading Women in Tech Slack community. It's a free Slack community to come and join, full of women leaders, all the way up to CEOs, right the way down to, you know, you're wanting your first career in leadership, you're ready to make that first step and you're wanting to support. It's a fantastic community and we are now running our first ever Leadership Bootcamp. This is something I've had on my to-do list for a number of years now. <laughs> Finally getting to the point where my team is big enough to support us doing this as a free thing. And oh my goodness me, what's so much fun planned. We are going to be sharing with you lots of insights, tools, tips, 
There are Q&As scheduled. We have so much goodness coming your way. And of course, some free coaching is going to be thrown in as well. So if that sounds good to you and you want to up-level your leadership career this year, and I mean your career here, not just your leadership skills, not just land your next job, I mean your career, because those two things do go hand in hand. I want you to become a better leader and I want you to land your dream job and I want you to start taking your career seriously. You spend more time working than doing anything other than sleeping. So have a damn good mattress and have a great career, my love. (laughs) I want every single woman in tech to have a job that has them excited about Monday mornings. When that happened to me for the first time, I was like, oh my God, Monday morning, I am so looking forward to this. It was game changing to me. And I am a big believer that we can all have that. I've met people who disagree (laughs) and I have to say like I think that's heartbreaking because that means that they've never felt that themselves. Um, I know a number of entrepreneurs because I'm obviously embedded in the entrepreneurial space a little bit given that I'm an entrepreneur myself. So many entrepreneurs have told me that they quit their day job because they never had that and that breaks my heart because it is totally possible. I had it. I had it during my corporate career I am excited to say that I now have it again, but I am doing what I do now because this is my soul's work rather than because I couldn't get this. I couldn't get that feeling of excited for Monday mornings working for somebody else. This is just something I need to give back to the human race. Every single one of you has the right to have a job you love, has the right to be well compensated for working in a job you love, for giving back, for providing something to the human race. And every single one of you has the opportunity available to you if you can see it. Now, some of you, the opportunity is smaller. Uh, It's not a level playing field. I'm going to talk about that a little bit towards the end of today's episode. We do have barriers in our way, some of us more than others. And I hear you if that's you. But there are opportunities for every single one of us if we can see it. And that's really kind of... One of the key attributes, I'm getting ahead of myself here, but it's one of the key attributes that we need both as leaders and job hunters. You're listening to the Leading Woman in Tech podcast, where we talk about real leadership and what this means for the world of tech, the techniques, tips, and strategies you can use to become a standout leader. I'm your host, Tony Collis, tech leadership coach, strategist, and coffee lover. And in each episode, I share my best insights designed to make your success not just simple, but inevitable. Whether you're on the way to the C-suite, an emerging leader, or a budding entrepreneur, this is the podcast you need to become a lit-up leader and turn your tech passion into a career you love. Okay, but just one final thing before we dig into today's episode. I haven't quite mentioned yet how you can find out about the bootcamp in case it's the first time you've heard about it. Go to tonycollis.com forward slash bootcamp. It's a quick sign up, head straight over to my Slack space, dig straight in, catch up if you are joining a few days after we started. The content for the bootcamp will be live for the entire time that the bootcamp is running. So there's a whole four weeks Everything will be on there for four weeks. We'll probably keep it open for a couple of weeks afterwards as well. So people can catch up if they've missed anything. Um, So you can go catch up anytime. You're never behind, remember. (laughs) But do make sure you take advantage of this. Um, I'm not sure when we run it again, but I'm super excited. We're finally bringing this to you. TonyCollis.com forward slash bootcamp. All right, let's chat about the relationship between the most important leadership attributes and your job hunt. 
There's a lot of relationship between the tools, techniques, and strategies that help us excel as leaders. And what makes a great job hunter, and I've already touched on this, I know, as you likely know by now, there's no such thing as an easy job hunt, right? <laughs> Other than waiting for someone to headhunt you. That's the easy version. And it doesn't always work. In fact, you're more likely to be headhunted if you've been very visible in the community. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here too, because that's one of the attributes is being visible. <laughs> and even being headhunted isn't actually necessarily easy because to succeed, you'll likely have to go through a job interview or two or five or something like that. Particularly if you're going for a senior leader position, you may well be headhunted to apply, but they're considering other candidates too. So you've got to do the work to shine at interview. There's still hard work involved there. Otherwise, you're just going to start turning down every single opportunity when somebody's asking you to apply for something because you're like, well, I never turn into anything because you haven't put the work in. But just like leadership, you don't need to work super hard to land your dream job. This is the mistake people make. You need to be strategic. And as in leadership, hard work, longer hours does not equal success though it can often supplement or compensate for a poor strategic approach up to a point. Early in our careers, we've often had success from working longer or harder. It's one of the reasons why I have so many early career women who come and work with me who say, I'm not sure I'm cut out to be a leader. I'm not sure I can work that hard. I'm not sure I can put in the hours. I'm like, okay, you're approaching it the wrong way. You're compensating for your lack of strategic thinking by working harder and you're risking burnout if you do that. A lot of the time when we're very tactical, we end up working crazy hours. We're actually doing stuff we don't love doing as well, which increases our stress and stress is what leads to burnout. If instead we can step into being strategic, both in terms of our leadership and in the job hunt, it suddenly becomes easier. Now, another thing that people come to me with is they come to me after they've been job hunting for a few months, they spend maybe some time sprucing up their resume, they reach out to their network and send out a load of job applications. There's nothing particularly wrong with any of that. And they may well at this point also have had a ton of interviews, but they're not getting the offer. They aren't landing their next ideal role. Now, the problem is at this point, they're desperate. <laughs> This is actually the worst time to come and work with somebody like me. I'm not saying that you shouldn't, but ideally what you do is you invest in your strategic career development before you're desperate, before you actually are actively job hunting. We obviously get particularly desperate when we're between jobs and we need a fast financial injection, right? Oh my gosh, how do I pay the bills next month? It's quite scary. What we want to do is backtrack and ideally rewind and go back six months. I know if you were in the position listening to this of, well, I can't just go back six months. I don't have a time machine. <laughs> you may be listening to this thinking that's very unhelpful. Thanks very much, Tony, but no thanks. And um, I get you. Like, I, um, we've got some tips at the end to help you move further forwards wherever you are in your career. But whatever stage of your job hunt you're looking at right now, maybe you've just started a new role. So you're in transition right now that you're not even thinking about job hunting anytime soon. You're very happy great love it maybe you're happily in your role you know you might be looking for a promotion or a new job in like one year two years or something but it's not right now or if you are in the thick of it desperate for a new role whatever stage you're at I want you to make a promise to yourself that you're going to start being more strategic if you're in the thick of it right now you do need to be tactical and as I said there's some stuff coming at the end of episode which I hope will help you but 
if whatever of the other two stages you're at, whether you're just starting a new job or you're happily in a role, I want you to give yourself a gift, the gift of planning ahead and being strategic for the next time you need this, all right? This is upfront effort that is going to help you so much in the long term. Now, there's something about how this turns up if we are in a leadership role. Think about a time when you've realized your team isn't hitting milestones or meeting key deliverables. There's a concern from above that your team is just not delivering and lacks accountability or your project is behind in some way. Just like the job hunt, when you're desperate for that cash injection, panic sets in. You may well run around doing tactical things. I used to talk about running around like a headless chicken trying to get stuff done. (laughs) We've all experienced that either ourselves or had a manager do that. At work, it's very easy in this instance to turn to micromanaging as an antidote for good team and having great instincts, building morale, motivation, setting clear direction, having that clarity for your team. The problem is that the point where things are broken, just like the job hunt, oh my gosh, I need the cash injection, When things are broken in your team, you don't have the ability to rewind six months and say, how can I be more strategic to make sure we don't get into that state? And believe me, every single one of those times when you've had this poor team performance, things are just not turning around, you've got this pressure from above, they can all be avoided. Yes, they can. I know you might be hearing me and thinking, that's just not true. I can give you three examples or where that just, you know, this came out the blue. It might have come out of the blue as far as you're concerned, but great leadership avoids this. That's what I want you to be working towards. I'm not telling you you're bad or you're wrong in any way. I've experienced this myself where, you know, my team's not performing and I'm like, oh my God, like, what are they doing? This is not on me. It was on me. I can now see it was on me. (laughs) All right. So I want you to start giving yourself the gift of more time. In the job hunt, we would work harder than ever and just reach out to our entire network, change some keywords on our LinkedIn profile, resume, broaden the net of acceptable jobs to things that we're not super happy about, but we apply for anyway, even if they don't excite us. But in both your work setting and the job hunt setting, it's very easy to act on impulse. And you stay in reactive mode, therefore not actually achieving what you are fully capable of. I do not want that for you. which is precisely why I teach leadership alongside leadership career progression in all of my programs. You can't really have one without the other. What will make you a great leader is also going to help you immensely in your job hunt. This is where you're going to save time. You learn the skills, they're going to apply to your career and your career, if you see what I mean, the career job hunt, the progression of you as an individual and your ability in your career to deliver on the requirements of being a leader. It's worth remembering, however painful and exhausting the job hunt is, that it isn't a one-off event. It's a lifelong journey. And contrary to how you might feel right now, it doesn't need to be painful. If it's feeling painful right now, again, I want you to give yourself the gift of once you've landed this role, once you've got out of this sticky situation, if that's what you're in, give yourself the gift of slowing down to think more strategically so that next time it's not painful. In the same way that some of us step away from leadership because it's tense and fraught making, some people step away from the job hunt, they'll just go for whatever because it's tense and exhausting. There are good reasons to not become a people leader, by the way, but not because you can't micromanage or motivate or you're burning out. Those are symptoms of a much bigger problem. You're not being strategic enough. And of course, being desperate for a job is often a symptom of not being strategic enough in your career. I'm hoping that you've got that now. 
So let's break things down a little more. You need three things in any job search, time, money, and options. And you need those exact same things to be a great leader. Time allows you to plan, to strategize, to network, and to advance. Whether it's your team and your team's work, or it's planning and strategizing for your next career move, Your network is important to both you and your business. Again, one of those things where it's going to help you and your career and the people you work for. If you ever want to be an executive, believe me, who you know matters to the company that's going to hire you. Executives are expected to have an active network and to be visible in any community. When you get on stage, virtually or otherwise, you are speaking not just for yourself, even if you're talking about your career or whatever it is. But you're also speaking on behalf of your organization, even if you're not talking about the products they make and sell. People are saying, this woman works for X. When I get on stage to talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion, which is something I'm very passionate about, but isn't necessarily the work I do day to day, I'm still talking as the CEO of Collis Homes Innovations, my company, right? (laughs) I'm still talking as Tony Collis, the coach even though I'm not talking about coaching and leadership. Now, obviously, when I get on stage to talk about leadership, I'm talking about what I do in my day job, but that's different. But I also get invited to do those things because my network is so broad. The same was absolutely true when I was working for other organizations. I'd be asked to talk about all sorts of things, including at that point, being a woman working in the tech industry. That was one of the topics I used to be flown around the world to talk about. My employers actually loved it because I was on stage And their logo was on stage behind me. They got a reputation of having colleagues that were talking about this, that were changing the world. And yes, I would talk about my other things too. I quite often would go to an event. I would talk about equity, diversity and inclusion in some form or other. And then also talk about my technical work at the same time. You need time to build your network. It doesn't just arrive overnight. Don't expect a coffee chat on a Monday to miraculously turn into a job offer by the end of the week. It can take months even years. Some of the most impactful people in my network when I was an executive had been in my network for years by the time they provided the insights, the connections, and all the contacts that eventually elevated me and the organization I worked for. Your network is a long game. You need money as well, right? I did say you need time, money, and options. You need money so you aren't feeling concerned about how you're going to pay your bills. The same applies in the workplace. If your company budget is so tight that there's a real prospect of having to lay off staff, the decisions move to triage. What can you do with what you'll have left after layoffs? How can we save money? How are we going to deal with morale issues when we do the layoffs or when we cut effort and time in this area that's really exciting to everybody? We become extremely tactical and we have huge issues with staff motivation and morale. And by the way, the great members of your team that you hope to keep hold of are the most likely to jump ship in such situations, whether or not there's a prospect of layoffs in the horizon or not. As soon as you start feeling concerned about money, you are going to contract, your entire company contracts emotionally. Great talent jumps at that point. They read the signs and they are out the door. Then the final piece, options. As I said, time, money, options. Enter any negotiation, and if you know anything about negotiation by now, (laughs) having listened to this podcast for a while, I hope, you know that negotiation is something you do all the time as a human being, let alone as a leader. Every single thing you're doing, you're negotiating, sometimes with yourself, sometimes with your spouse, your kids, and absolutely almost everything you do at work is a negotiation, whether you're calling it that or not. 
But any negotiation, the more options you have, the better able to end up in a position that you are happy with at the end of that negotiation. Feel like you're backed into a corner, you will take the first job offered, even if it's not at the salary point you wanted or the job title you really wanted. In the workplace, if you are very tactically focused, you'll rapidly become upon critical decisions where you have to make a hard choice. Quite often it's hard because none of the outcomes are great. If that sounds familiar, it's entirely possible you haven't kept your options open. You haven't been thinking strategically enough to see all the opportunities well ahead of everybody else, by the way. I want you to think better than everybody else in this one. And therefore, you actually avoid those difficult decisions. There's a really good reason why people who really elevate rapidly in their careers seem to kind of like soar. They actually do have it easier, but they have it easier because they think ahead. They keep opportunities, they keep options. They only close doors when they are no longer helpful to them. Being strategic and forward focused enables you to think ahead. Be strategic, ensure you have those multiple options available. Doors are only closed off when they don't make sense, instead of being slammed shut in your face when you didn't want them to be. Planning ahead, being strategic really is a game changer. I'm hoping I'm getting this across to you by now, both as a leader and for your career development. Both are a strategy game, a game you can't win if you aren't playing by the same rules as everyone else. If you turn up tactically, you aren't even in the same league as your competition if you're trying to become a great leader. Know someone who appears to have luck on their side all the time and gets all those doors open for them, has it easy at work? Now, you might be sitting there feeling extremely envious, possibly angry at those people, but what if I told you that they have likely been thinking a few steps ahead for years? Yes, there is bias at play here. Do not get me wrong. As a woman, you are likely on the back foot anyway. Like, I totally hear you. If you're feeling that way, I get it. Add in any other underrepresented characteristic, and you are definitely starting well back from the starting line compared to some of the competition. But I'm here to tell you that you can level the playing field and up level by being more strategic. Yes, it's an unfair starting point, but you can turn this into your advantage. And as I said before on the podcast, it's going to make you much better in the long run. It's an unfair playing field. And as women, we have a knife edge to navigate compared to men's open field where they can, you know, be all around it and it doesn't cause them any issues. We really do have a knife edge. But when we learn how to navigate that, we rapidly surpass our male colleagues. Being held to a higher standard, if we pay attention to that, actually helps us elevate faster. It's that silver lining, which seems like bizarre to say when life is this unfair. And I was like, I hope you know by now, I hope that as we all elevate ourselves, we level that playing field for the women behind us. That is part of what we need to do. But Actually, we can use this to our advantage and realize that this is going to elevate us much, much more quickly. Okay, so as promised, let's wrap up with some career strategy top tips, because I know for some of you, you're listening to this thinking, well, that's all fine and good, but you know, I'm right now desperate for a new job. (laughs) The first one is related to the strategy piece, so stick with me. Know your career season right now. This is something I cover extensively in all my trainings. It is a game changer for simply helping you stay strategic. Um, I'm going to cover this in more detail during the Leading Women in Tech Bootcamp. So go to tonycollis.com forward slash bootcamp. But high level, there are three seasons to your career. Season one is you are between jobs. You're quite happy um, but and you're not actively looking for a new role right now. 
This is called season one builder. This is where you're going to focus on doing that strategic work. You're going to be looking at how to build your leadership skills. You're going to be looking at all the things to build your network, to do the things that put in place all the pieces of the puzzle so that when you need to move to season two, which I call advancer, when you need that new job, when you're ready, when you want the promotion, when you are ready for that next thing, because you've got all the skills in your toolkit, you are ready to elevate, you've put in place all those pieces during season one builder. So all you have to focus on in season two advancer is landing that job. You're not distracted by, oh my gosh, but do I have this skill set? You've already done that work. Which brings us then to season three transition. And this is when you've actually landed your job and you are transitioning. Now, as I've mentioned already in this podcast, you actually sort of start your transition as you're interviewing because some of the stuff you learn at interview is going to really help you with transition. So there's a bit of a gray area here. And certainly I would say advancer and transitioner do overlap, but you don't know which job is going to land you into your transitioning. So it's just really important to take a lot of notes as you are interviewing, having discussions, and then finding the negotiation piece. All of that gives you key insights that are going to help you in transitioner, which is typically your first 90 days in your new role. So those are the three seasons. So what I would say is know your season right now. This is something, as I said, I'm covering in the bootcamp. Please, please go join the bootcamp if you're curious about this. But when you start using this framework, it's actually from the Lit Up Lit Up framework that I teach around. It really helps you just be a lot more strategic without having to reinvent the wheel all the time. You just know exactly what you should be focusing on for you in your career at any particular point in time. It's super powerful to get really prioritized, get really clear, know what to do next. The second thing I would say about top tips for career hunting is always be open to interviewing, even if you aren't actively job hunting right now. And if you are actively job hunting right now, interview for things you don't necessarily think are perfect. Because interviewing is a muscle that needs to have its strength maintained or it atrophies. And you start again next time you urgently need a job. I want you to be well accomplished at interviewing before you are having that dream job interview. It can be a great way to stay abreast of industry trends as well. By all means, limit yourself if you aren't actively job hunting to just one or two a month, but always keep yourself active. You don't have to be applying for jobs, but this is also a great way to check in on whether or not your presence in the industry, in the community is working. Because if you have a good online presence, if you are well known, people should be headhunting you, especially right now. People that have a good online presence right now are getting reach outs in the tech industry two to three times a week minimum, right? (laughs) And it should be even higher if you've actually got open to work tagged on something like LinkedIn. And by the way, you can set that so it's only visible to recruiters. You don't need to make that visible to anybody else. It can just be visible to recruiters, people that have paid for the special version of LinkedIn. So do not worry about that getting out to your company? There are other things that might get out to your company, like people gossiping, and that's a, that's a different topic for another day, potentially. <laughs> but always be open to interviewing is the second career strategy top tip. Thirdly, don't stop interviewing until you have an offer you've accepted. Just because you know this is a dream job for you doesn't mean you're going to land it. Keep your options open. Believe me, the company, even if they're feeling the same way that you're the dream candidate, they're still keeping their options open. As I mentioned before, you need options. Keep your options open until you've actually signed on the dotted line. And actually, keep your options open in general. It's a kind of side point to this one. (laughs) If you are interviewing but you're happy in your job, that can also help you land a promotion, by the way, 
or a new salary point, especially right now, take an offer to your boss and say, hey, this came in, what can you do to match it? You might be surprised. Now, you can only play that card once or twice if you're not actually going to leave, so be careful. But if this is actually an interesting offer to you, even if you weren't job hunting, go to your boss and say, hey, I've got this, what can you do? You might be happily surprised. Finally, whenever you aren't actively seeking a new role, always be working on your leadership skill set and growth. This goes hand in hand with what I just said about the three seasons of your career and that season one is your builder season. This alone will help you stand out from the crowd. Your leadership skills will change how you speak in interview, how you solve problems, how you strategize, how you think. That is all demonstrated by how you respond to interview questions, how you hold yourself in interview, how you ask questions at interview. All these things you're going to be tested on, so always be developing and growing them. Make sure if you are interviewing right now that your leadership skills are brushed up, that you know how to show up with presence, that you are speaking as an executive, even if you're not interviewing for an executive position. If you want to be a leader, aim high in terms of how you show up, how you speak, how you problem solve. Ultimately, an interview is really about getting to know you, how you think, how you react to difficult situations, how you problem solve. Yes, you're going to be asked questions about how, you know, what's your experience in this area or, you know, what did you last do when this happened or tell me about your weaknesses. What they really want to know is how do you think, can you make our lives easier? And that is exactly how I want you to think as a leader, aim for that executive level of thinking all the time in all of your interviews. Be okay with putting this development on the backseat while you are in a job hunt, if you feel like it's quite polished right now. And remember that if you move to the three seasons model, you should never again be trying to improve your skill set at the same time as job hunting. You should literally just be focused on job hunt. If you've this is the first time you've heard of three seasons model and you've not adopted it yet, then this time round, if you're currently in the job hunt, you may want to be polishing your skills at the same time as interviewing but it is far more exhausting it's far more likely to lead to burnout it's far more likely to be painful which is what I want you to move away from I want you to start being more strategic so make this the last time you're multitasking during the job hunt make this the last time you're trying to build skills you're trying to transition at the same time as building skills do one thing at a time be strategic and remember if you want help with this (laughs) then the leadership boot camp is the thing you're going to need next 30 days taking place over in slack tonycollis.com forward slash bootcamp all right let's finish up as always with the leadership mindset moment today i want to talk about balance about finding balance you need to promote yourself but you need to be realistic and know when someone else might do a better job than you you need to balance asks with gives ideally you need to give more than you ask of your network for example which is why it pays to be strategic and enhancing and giving to your network when you don't need anything from it, like during season one builder, so that when it's urgent in advance, so when you need that new job, your network is ready to give back to you. You need balance at work too, whether it's balancing your development and the needs of your organization, or it's balancing the needs of your team with the demands from other parts of your company. As a leader, part of your job is finding, managing, and maintaining balance. This is part of what you're paid for. Your team is likely not paid for that, particularly if they are ICs. Their value is in their delivery, not pushing back on product, marketing, sales, engineering, whatever, you know, team within your organization, constantly battering down the door and saying, hey, why have you not delivered this? That is not on your ICs. That balance needs to come from you. 
Don't push everything down onto your team. That balance needs to come from you. You need to be the steel beam and understand what to transmit and what not to transmit. Okay, remember balance is key across all of this and you will go a long way. That's it for today's episode. As always, if you love this, then make sure you head over to join the free bootcamp taking place this week and over the next four weeks over in the Leading Women in Tech Slack space. Go to tonycollis.com forward slash bootcamp to sign up. I am so looking forward to meeting you over there. Until next time, remember, stay on your tech leadership game. Follow your dreams because the world really does need that uniqueness that you bring as a leading woman in tech. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, check out how to get more of my help and some free resources. It's where I take what I talk about in this podcast and really help you apply it. Hop on over to tonycollis.com and check out Work With Tony and free resources in the menu bar. Until next time, this was Tony Collis on the Leading Women in Tech podcast.